0: guys, I'm about to jump into a message here, but um, good morning again to you guys. If I haven't met you, my name is Mitchell and just so glad you guys are here. Uh, I get the privilege of being lead pastor here at Antioch and just glad you guys decided to join us this Sunday. Like Maggie said earlier, at the beginning of the service, if you didn't hear, if you are a guest, fill out this little connect card here. And um, we would love to know that you came. And what you do with this right after the service, you can bring it to the Next Steps area. Just stick around for two to three minutes right after church. We'll tell you a little bit more about what are your next steps in getting connected here at Antioch. And then uh, a couple reminders um, before I jump into the message. So um, next week uh, is the end of Daylight Savings Time, right? So we're going to spring forward next Sunday. Is that true? Yes? March 12th? All right. So Why? <laughs> Like I said, it happens every year. Are you surprised? Anyway, so, uh, yes, you lose an hour of sleep. Unless you're a parent, you always lose an hour of sleep every other night. But anyways... Um Sometimes it's better when you spring forward, but anyways, um, that's not what I'm talking about, so don't forget that, and then also next Sunday, this is might be a surprise to some of you guys, some of our college leaders know this, but we are having two college ministries from the Antioch's in North Carolina, uh, uh, Antioch and Raleigh and Antioch and Boone, they are, their college ministries giving up their spring break to come here uh, to Northwest Arkansas to do some outreach. And so they're going to do a lot of outreach on U of A's campus, which we're super excited about. Uh, It'll be about 40 or 50 folks that they're going to be here next Sunday uh, filling up the balcony. Um, And so, anyways, you'll see lots of fresh faces. But let's be um, great hosts. Let's thank them for coming. Many of them paid, all of them paid their way to give up time. And travel like super long bus ride to come serve Northwest Arkansas, serve our church. And just would love for to, for us to host them super well. So say thanks for coming. If you see a familiar face or it says like Antioch, Raleigh or something, North Carolina, just say thanks for coming. Sound good? So that's next week. Be prepared for that. Then last but not least, um, if you are going with us for our spring break trip to Tijuana, we're having a meeting right after church up in the prayer room. So y'all just head up there right after service. Be great. Okay, you guys ready to jump into the Word of God this morning? You guys love the Bible? Love the Word of God? Yes? All right, we're going to dive into it. So if you've been with us uh, the last few weeks, we are in this series called Biblical. Everybody say Biblical. So the premise of this series is so, so simple. The reality is there's so many different ways to view the world Or view topics or view this that and the other but we want to be a people as the people of God that view life and have the perspective that lines up with the Bible with the Word of God we don't want to base our opinion on something just on the latest social media post or the latest article or the latest opinion of some celebrity we don't want to base our worldview our opinion uh, about things that are important especially um, on anything other than the Word of God and um, just a reminder, we need to take it seriously. Uh, there is this growing confusion and there's growing deception that's happening in the world in regards to major issues and topics. And we want to be a people that are grounded in the word of God, that our, our discernment is sharp, so to speak. Uh, Larry mentioned a few weeks ago when he preached that the Bible says, or <laughs> Hebrews, what is it, Hebrews 4, it says the word of God is a, as sharp as a double-edged sword. He said it's not a double-edged flower. It's a double-edged sword, and sometimes it pierces through us and convicts us, but what it does is it helps divide between truth and lies, Um, just kind of good ideas from man or God's ideas for man. And we want to be a people of the Word of God. Amen? You guys love the Bible? Still? All right. Okay, so what we're going to do, we're on, I think, what are we, week four. Uh, The first week, Jeremy kicked it off talking about finances. The week after that, Larry preached about living simply, giving generously, and working diligently. Then last week, I um, started kind of a two-part kind of sub-series on unity. Last week was unity from person to person, and this week is a little bit broader than that. It's unity church to church, or unity in the broader body of Christ. So unity is our topic today. Everybody say the word unity. unity. All right, if you got a Bible, turn to Ephesians 4. So we're going to spend the majority of our time in Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. You can start flipping there. But to get going, I want to kind of remind you guys of a couple things that I said uh, last week and look at or just comment on a couple things from the prayer of Jesus in John chapter 17. So if you weren't here, I briefly touched on this, and I just want to remind us because I think this is so helpful it's going to start with the big picture in mind before we dive into some of these specifics. Okay, so John 17, I'm just going to have a couple things on the, on the screen. But this is a prayer where Jesus, uh, God in flesh, God is son, he's talking to the Father. If you ever wonder what the Trinity talks about, you can go to John 17, and you can see what Jesus, while he was on the earth, was communicating to his Father about. It's amazing insight here. I just highly encourage you to read all of John 17 because you, got to, you get to see the things that are really burdened on Jesus' heart. And in John 17, he is praying. He's about to he – literally, it's like two days before he's about to be crucified. And he is praying uh, several things, but one of the things he specifically prays for is his church, his people. And here's what it says. Here's his request. Uh, John 17, 20 and 21. It says, I do not ask for these only – referring to his disciples – But also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Let me pause there. So of all the things Jesus was requesting for his church, his prayer was, Lord, make them one. Make them one. So obviously it is clear that this is near and dear to God's heart. It really matters to him that we are not divided, offended at one another, turn on each other, and just peace out when it gets hard. But he desires us, that oneness, that unity requires a leaning in to one another, uh, a fighting, so to speak, for unity, not fighting for our own way and our own opinion, but it's leaning in, working through pain, offenses, and differences so that we can remain one. And you guys know that Uh, There's a little bit of a struggle out there in our generation about being unified you noticed Yeah, yeah, you see it, You, you know, I'm not the only one out there But wouldn't it be God that in one of the most divided and offended cultures and generations we've ever seen That he would pour out his spirit on his church and we would look so different than the world Wouldn't it be God and just remember? Jesus said that this oneness, this unity that his church would experience would be the main sign to the world that Jesus was sent from God. Like we want to see God, we want to see signs and wonders, we want to see miracles, we want to see blind eyes open, deaf ears, hearing, we want to see the dead raised, we want to see miracles. And We think that, man, if just my lost friend would see someone raised from the dead, they would finally believe that Jesus is the son of God. And, and maybe they would. That'd be awesome. Or someone's limping around campus uh, next week when the team is here doing outreach and someone prays for someone with a boot. They freak out, take the boot off, and they're running to class now. That would be awesome. Okay? And someone might give their heart to the Lord as they see his power. But But of all the things Jesus could have prayed so that the world would believe he came, it was not for signs and wonders and miracles. It was for oneness, unity in his church and his bride because he knew as the days get closer and closer to his return how divided, how offended, how full of hate the world would be. And we are called to be different. Amen. Amen. And remember this, this is a few verses earlier, John 17:9. He says, "I am praying for them." And then I just love this. Jesus acknowledges who he's not praying for. Ready? "But I am not praying for the world. But for those whom you have given me, for they are yours." He is saying, hey, I mean, of course, he cares for the world. We see that all throughout Scripture. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But what he's saying is here's the priority. Don't be distracted or confused or worried about the world acting worldly. We don't have to give our energy and our emotion and our focus to what is just happening in the world. He's like, hey, I'm praying for you. You take this seriously. You take your offenses seriously. You take any ounce of disunity or division, in you take that seriously. Because uh, I care a lot about wh- what my church looks like. So for us, uh, just a helpful note is in regards to the way the world looks and feels right now, with anything you're looking at, I always go that way because that's where the window is. So the world, that, that way, the glass building is the world. Anyways, the glass shop's over there. Anyways, um, the world or what you're seeing on your phone, you know, just... Be, don't be surprised when the world acts like the world. But at, at, for you and me as the body of Christ, the church is called to look different. Just take note on is there anything I'm looking at, watching, reading, listening to that actually increases in me animosity, division, and offense toward others? And if it doesn't increase 1 Corinthians 13, love in your heart towards people, then maybe don't watch it, or don't listen to it, or don't read it, and I'd be concerned that if, even if it's in the guise of standing for truth, if it's producing in you anything other than compassion and love, I don't, I don't know if it's from the Lord, because in the name of standing for truth, or, or whatever, people will stand up and slight and slander and gossip people and put people down and man that is not the spirit of jesus okay some of the things might be true but but we're looking for the heart of god as well the spirit of jesus which is full of grace and compassion and truth and understanding and we want to be reminded of that careful and discerning and remember again this unity and this oneness is a sign to the world that jesus really is the son of god you guys want the world to believe that jesus is the son of god i do all right, so I had you guys turn to, oh, and one more thing. How many of you guys want God's blessing over your life? Anybody? It's not a trick question. You can say yes. All right. Listen, what? not only do we see in John 17, this is so on the heart of God that we would be one, but literally Psalm 133 says that there is a commanded blessing when we dwell together in unity. Let me just read this real quick. This is all of Psalm 133, just a couple verses. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It's like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron. Sorry, this imagery is hilarious. Running down on the, on the collar of his robes. It's like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. And that's so good? It's a great, great promise. He commands blessing and life when we dwell together in unity. And like I said last week, And We have focused in on kind of person-to-person, the closest relationships you have. We looked at Ephesians 4. Hopefully, you're there right now. We're about to dive into it again. And, hey, we want to be a people that are unified and take this call seriously that we see in Scripture. But today, we're going to talk about unity in the body of Christ. Anybody love the body of Christ? Anybody love the church? All right. We're going to love the church more at the end of this service. All right? So Ephesians 4, let me pray for us, and we'll dive into verses 1 through 6. Father, we just thank you again for this morning. We thank you for what you have laid out so clearly in your word. And, Lord, I just pray that we would have ears to hear, a heart that's receptive to what you want to do. Lord, fill us with your love. Fill us with a unity that's from your spirit. And, Lord, I pray that you would unify your church, the body of Christ, all over the world. Uh, Lord, start here, all over Northwest Arkansas. Unifor- unify your church here in this region. Speak to us through your word in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. Let me just um, read the first couple of verses. This is what I preached on last week, verse 1 through 3. It says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Let me pause there. So, that's what we talked about last week. I broke down the, those uh, verse two and three, looked at each of those words, gave you a couple of Greek things, and, and just kind of, <laughs> as I was studying it over the last couple of weeks, I'm just getting convicted over and over again that, man, I want to live this way and walk in humility, gentleness, patience, so on and so on. I want to do that in my closest relationships. Again, I told you last week, you know, all of us, you can hold yourself together for an hour and a half at church, all right? You can even hold yourself together at work for maybe six to eight hours, but at home, that's the real you. (laughs) And if we take this seriously in the real you, then it's going to play itself out in other areas of our life. But just remember, if we want to walk in humility, gentleness, patience, and all this stuff, it 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 is a work of the Holy Spirit. We must yield to him. It is not something we can work up on our own power and our own strength. We must rely on the Holy Spirit. Let's keep going here because this directly bleeds into seeing unity in the body of Christ. So let's keep going. Verse 4 through 6 says there is one body. Everybody say one body. Body. There is one spirit. Say "One one spirit. Just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Verse 4 through 6, there's a lot of the word all, and there's a lot of the word one. I love the clarity in these verses here. But let me comment on a couple things. As I look at verse 4, there's one body, one spirit, all this oneness. And even one Lord, one faith, one baptism, I want to just clarify something. This unity is not a, a unity around just anything. This unity that I'm talking about is not a unity that involves any form of compromise of truth. This unity doesn't water things down. This unity is not just a tolerance of sin. This unity is <laughs> it's a unity submitted to the lordship of Jesus. There is one Lord, Jesus Christ. There is one person that can take away your sins. There is one way to the Father. It's Jesus. This unity that we're talking about, I need to be careful because it's not just the church that uses the word unity. There's other forms to unify or rally around something. The unity that we're talking about here, this unity of the spirit, is submitted to the lordship of Jesus. It's not a unity just let's try to be nice to one another. Uh, Be nice, because that's better than being mean, but it's a a unity and even a niceness and a kindness that is still submitted to the truth and the authority of the Word of God. There is one Lord, one faith. It's not all roads lead to heaven. Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords. Every knee will bow to him. Every tongue will confess that he is Lord. God cares about us unifying over the right things. Now, let's keep going here, and I want to just show you this oneness here, especially as I talk about the body of Christ. You know, there's, there's, there can be a, an overextreme as I talk about, hey, let's be unified as different churches in Northwest Arkansas, unified as the body of Christ. There's almost an overextreme at times where we begin to think that, you know, it's actually wrong to have, like, our own distinct churches, or our own distinct buildings and ministries. Like, okay, you know what, let's just all get together and just buy a big field, and we'll do everything out there all together, and there will be, there'll be no leader except the Holy Spirit, of course, and whoever decides what's of the Spirit or not, but anyways, no human leaders, <laughs> okay, right, and, and so most of us don't go there, but I just wanted to acknowledge, like, there, there's an over-extreme, and even in Scripture, it's so clear that God cares about local churches and gathering of believers with clear leadership and oversight and people that can help contend with the truth. But even his disciples kind of missed it. Look at this example from Mark 9. Um, they were doing a bunch of ministry, walking with Jesus, and look at this story real quick. Um, it says, John said to Jesus, teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not going to our church. <laughs> Oh, sorry. That was my translation. So we tried to stop him doing the works of the kingdom because he was not following us. But Jesus said, no, no, don't stop him. For no one who does a mighty work in my name will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me. For the one who is not against us is for us. So Jesus was saying, hey, they're doing ministry over here. They're doing something in a different town. They're doing something in a different way. He's like, don't stop them if they're doing it in my name. He also didn't say they, they needed to keep doing it, but with a part of us. No, he kept his 12 disciples, they kept doing ministry, and he blessed the others that were casting out demons in his name. Do you guys see that? It's just a helpful example of, no, we want to bless the work of God wherever it is and keep moving forward to be faithful with what God's called us to do. Now, verse 6, let's look at this again. It says, one God and Father of all. It was over all, through all, and in all. One God and Father. So if God is our Father, what what does that make us? His children. We are all His children. If you are a believer in Jesus, you are a child of God. And so are those that are outside this room, but they also believe in Jesus and they go to other churches. They are also children of God. They are God's children too. So what does that make all of us? siblings brothers sisters yes now let me just give you a little example analogy here from my own house as as a dad of my own children i care a lot about my children getting along there's just in our household we don't we don't put up with sibling rivalry (laughs) okay we correct it we call it out we train and we coach our children that we are going to love each other and we're going to be kind to each other we're going to honor each other and we're giving them vision to be best friends with each other okay almost daily there's something to work through <laughs> in fact multiple times a day all right and we we correct some sort of strife or something and we call them to repent to one another or humble themselves to each other to forgive each other and we wait for it to be seemingly genuine a couple days ago <laughs> arabella did something somebody did something to arabella i think and uh, I'd had that person apologize. Arabella's our four-year-old. And what we teach our kids is, hey, when you do something wrong, you acknowledge your sin, you confess it clearly, and you ask for forgiveness. And then when you're on the other side, you forgive. You say, I forgive you. Arabella said, I forgive you. <laughs> I forgive you. I'm like, hold on, <laughs> Arabella. <laughs> Seems like there's some offense you need to work through there. <laughs> so we, we talked about it. And said, okay, yes, what he did was wrong, but we're going to genuinely forgive. So that's, that's not what I'm talking about there, just knowing the right words to say, but actually from our hearts. But there's, uh, though there's things to work through almost every day, we are seeing little glimpses that, yes, this is, this is landing in our children that they understand the right way, the kingdom way, God's way to have siblings is a way of honor because our, our older two, our boys, uh, go to a school and they hear classmates like talking about their siblings. And when they hear their classmates talk about their older or younger siblings with dishonor and annoyance, even hatred sometimes, our boys are grieved. Like, why do you talk about your sister like that? You know? But listen, what if it was the same way in the household of God all over northwest Arkansas, all over our nation, that when we hear somebody say something dishonoring, about another believer, it should grieve us because that is not God's way. That is not the Father's way. If someone's saying something dishonoring about another church, another believer, an entire denomination, we should be able to say that's not right. There's something not right about that. And here's the next step, if you're willing, is we could begin to call each other out on it. And that's where we got to work through those offenses. There we go. Just remember, verse 3, as I looked at Ephesians 4, we are called to be eager. Everybody say eager. Eager, eager to maintain that unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So as I think about some practicals which we're about to turn into, of like, what does this look like? What does this mean for us? I've been thinking, okay, what, what's the word? How could we, like, summarize this into something? The word I came up with was honor. Everybody said the word honor. So the kind of main application is we're talking about the unity in the body of Christ is we are called to honor the body. And I'm going to show you in just a little bit. Here's three specific categories of ways that we can honor the body of Christ. But the Bible says a lot about honor. Let me take a little quick tangent here to 1 Corinthians 12. This passage will be up here on the screen. It says that there may be this whole passage is talking about unity in the body of Christ, honoring each other. But look at this little line. He says that there may be no division. Say no division. No division. No division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Guys, when when we when there is honor in the body of Christ, when we have unity with our brethren, not only Psalm one thirty three, there's a command and blessing. But man, look at this. When there is honor in, amongst the people of God, there is joy. There is rejoicing. It is more fun to follow Jesus when you're honoring those that are also following Jesus even though it might look a different way at a different place at a different time. It is so much better and so much more enjoyable when we're not competing with one another, trying to be better than one another, and offended at one another. So how do we honor the body of Christ? And as I keep going here, I want you picturing, okay, how do I honor other churches? How do I honor other believers that go to different churches? How do I honor other denominations? How do I honor even the people or pastor or church or denomination that I think something's wrong? How do I honor? Okay, and there's three kind of categories that I have up here on the screen. How do we honor the body of Christ? We honor in our hearts, we honor with our words, and we honor through our actions. You can leave that up there. I'm going to break those down in just a second, but let me just kind of define or... Try to explain a little bit about what I mean by honor and maybe what I don't mean. So by honor, I don't mean that you have to agree with everything another believer or church or ministry does. That's not necessarily what honor means. In some things, it is totally fine to disagree as long as it's respectful and honoring and you're not building up a judgment in your heart towards another believer. OK, there's some doctrinal things that I would disagree with with some other pastors and leaders in town. But I'm not going to, like, put up a wall and say, I, I just like the culture does. I cancel you out. It's like, hey, great. You know, one day me and you are going to find out what's true. <laughs> All right. I'm pretty confident of this. You're pretty confident of that. But I'm not going to disunify and break this relationship because there's something. Now, there's major issues where, you know what? If you're not agreeing with the lordship of Jesus, or the authority of the word of God, there's definitely going to be some boundaries in regards to our partnership together. But I, I'm still not going to agree with anger and offense and bitterness towards someone. Even a loss. If someone says, you know, no, I'm totally lost. I'm a complete atheist. I don't think Jesus is Lord. I, I what I would do is I disagree, <laughs> but I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to serve you. I'm still I mean, I'm still going to pray for you. And so y- you know, so this doesn't mean there's no, there's no right to hold offense or grudge just because someone disagrees with you. So it's okay to disagree on some things, but let me also say this. This is kind of funny. On some things, there's, we, like, kind of have no right to disagree. Let me just take you to my home, all right? My wife does the laundry most of the time. I just started doing mine, and I'm struggling. But anyways, uh, <laughs> it's been, like, 12 years. Anyways, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Um, and if I were to see her fold the laundry and I'm just sitting there watching her fold laundry and I were to say, I disagree with the way you're folding that laundry. That is one of the stupidest things I could say. Like. <laughs> it's like, wh- why? OK, I'm just like thinking about the way we decorated this building or our prayer room. And if someone from a different church came in and said, I disagree where you put that plant, Maggie. <laughs> I think it should go there. It's like, but it's just so funny to me because there's like some things that we have no business to disagree about or for you to think that your opinion matters <laughs> about. <laughs> because here's what we do. What we, what we tend to do is put ourselves in other people's shoes or other people's positions and imagine what we would do if we were them. Ever done that before? Never? All right but here's the problem we're not them so we we don't have their perspective we don't have their insight we don't have their prayer life we don't have their relationship with God we don't have the same responsibilities So the reality is the only what we need to do is put them in their shoes And you know what they would do if they were in their shoes what they did <laughs> yeah that's exactly what they would do <laughs> I just think that's so helpful for me. Unfortunately, I used to do this uh, years ago, when I was a college pastor, and I was um, doing ministry with and submitted to a lead pastor. Every once in a while, I would have this thought of, man, if I were in his shoes, I wouldn't do that, or I wouldn't make that decision, or I wouldn't do that, okay? But here's the reality. I did not have his level of responsibility, the same amount of kids he had. I did not have his same mental or physical or emotional capacity. I did not have his same gifts. I did not have his same kind of relationship and ear to God. And I would literally have no idea what I would do in those positions. And Here's what's funny. Now, a few years removed, when I have a similar level of responsibility and almost the same amount of kids, my conclusion is every decision that my old lead pastor used to make was was perfect (laughs) yeah I understand everything you did you did nothing wrong (laughs) because I'm like oh my gosh this is harder than I thought I'm so sorry that I put my little life on you and I tried to make decisions through you by my lens that is so silly that is not honor and what it does is it builds up judgment and pride in our heart towards somebody else and it causes wedges of, of offense and division and it's so easy for us to do that When we look at another church or ministry and the way they decide little things, you know, they want to buy land and they want to build a building. Okay, They want to handle their COVID protocol a certain way. Okay, They want to do their Christmas Eve service a certain way. It's like we really have no right to disagree because we don't know. We might be disagreeing with the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit has spoken to them and how to do something. And we just need to be careful. If you're in that senior leadership team of whatever church down the road and there's space to listen to God and share our opinions and thoughts, great, share. Okay, we do that amongst our staff. And not everybody agrees with me on something. We listen to God together. But you're you're not on a senior leadership team of another church in town. So just honor the body of Christ and the way they do ministry and the way they handle this situation that situation. Let's be a people that honor. Amen? And what I've noticed as I've met different pastors and leaders is they pray, they listen to God, they seek counsel, they weigh pros and cons, and they are mighty men and women of God. That's what I've concluded. And if I was picking up, you know, something like, oh, this is, uh," (laughs) some of the ones that I met in the first few months aren't pastors anymore. And, like, God will take care of it. But with some amazing leaders in the body of Christ in Northwest Arkansas. And I just really want you guys to believe that. They're amazing. So amazing. I felt so loved and welcomed by almost all of them when I moved here four years ago. But we want to be a people that honor and bless what God's doing through other ministries and churches. But let's look at these specifics here. How are we going to honor in our hearts? Everybody say hearts. It's just the place of kind of like what you feel and your emotions toward other believers in other churches. Are we for them or are we against them? Do we want good for them or do we want bad for them do we want God's blessing and favor over them or do we want God to reserve his blessing and favor just for us no we want God to bless what he's doing okay some of us you may have hurt and pain associated with another pastor or leader or ministry or church even in this uh, in this town and that is serious I talked about that last week you need to God to heal you and open up your heart to receive his healing but the call of scripture still remains we are called to forgive and we forgive from our heart we bless from our heart and, hey, a good test to t- kind of check where your heart's at towards other churches is, hey, when you drive by another church, like, what do you feel? If you're not paying attention, that's fine. Just pay attention to the road. But <laughs> what do you feel when you drive by certain churches? My encouragement is, hey, want good for them and pray for them. Pray God's blessing in favor of them. All right, that leads me to the next point is we honor not just with our hearts, but we honor with our mouths. Okay, everybody say mouths or, or words, okay? We want to bless with our mouths, and we don't want to curse or dishonor. With our mouth. Now, hey, the main way that you can use your words or your mouth in honoring the body of Christ is praying for the church. And in fact, at the end of this service, we're gonna pray for other churches in town. I texted a bunch of pastors in this region, uh, some from big churches, some from small. I texted them this week. I said, hey, we're gonna pray for you guys at the end of the service. What do you want prayer for? And they all responded. It was great. They said yes, and they said thank you. This is awesome. So we're going to do that at the end of the service, and we're going to work this muscle of blessing and honoring the body of Christ by praying for other churches and their specific needs. Okay, we also, not just in our prayer, but we also need to be careful how we speak about other believers, churches, ministries, and denominations. I'm going to include entire groups of people, okay, because Jesus said in Matthew 12, 36, that on the day of judgment, we will give an account to God for every careless word that comes out of our mouth. And because I believe the words of Jesus, it makes me want to take this seriously, what I say about others, especially others in the body of Christ. I have made plenty of mistakes here, so praise God. If you're realizing, oh, my gosh, my tongue is kind of loose in regards to other things and churches and ministries, you can repent. I've repented for this, too, but we want to hold this and take this seriously. Now, listen, there's sometimes... Where we've had hurtful experiences through different churches and ministries that need to be honestly talked through for the sake of healing. Okay, but intentionally doing that with a trusted person, pastor, and counselor is one thing. Um, but casually doing that with your friends or even with a pastor, you know, with no intent of forgiving and blessing and healing is totally different. I've had plenty of examples of people that come check out Antioch and tell me how amazing it is. But the way they tell me how amazing he is is tell me how horrible their last church experience was, and I'm just kind of think, just kind of smiling and nodding, and just all right. I wonder when you'll say that about us, <laughs> because sometimes if we don't, not sometimes if we don't receive the healing we need from past hurts and experiences, we bring that into the next place we go, and that is not God's best for us. He wants to heal you and restore you and restore me. Okay, I've left churches in the past. There's hurtful things that have happened to me, and sometimes I left great, and sometimes I didn't. But I want to take ownership of that and repent. I, I, literally, a couple years ago, um, I, uh, this first time being a lead pastor, just a couple years ago, kind of a year and a half into our church, and I realized as people were kind of exiting, leaving, and I was hurt and offended and all this stuff, I realized, oh, my gosh, when I was a sophomore in college, I did that. And I didn't say a word to that pastor, even though he invested in me a little bit. And so uh, that was probably a 13-year time frame. I emailed that pastor and said, hey, I am so sorry, but 13 years ago, I left because I was offended at something. Will you please forgive me? So there's there's always an open door to repent and humble ourselves and receive God's mercy and forgiveness. My favorite kind of transition is when uh, I was about halfway through. No, no, no. It was right before uh, senior year of college. Uh, me and Beth were in the same friend group, but we weren't dating yet. And she was plugged into the Antioch there in College Station, and I was plugged into another church in town. I did that one a little bit better because I actually had a conversation with the pastor. I said, Hey, pastor, I feel like there's some key relationships that God has for me at Antioch. <laughs> Can I have your blessing to leave? Long conversation, but he gave me the blessing. <laughs> Woo! Got the blessing right there. <laughs> See, I wasn't totally off, maybe a little immature, but I was right. There was a key relationship <laughs> at Antioch. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Okay, so how else do we bless? We bless um, with, uh, in our hearts, uh, with our words, and through our actions. Okay? Everybody say actions. Okay. This primarily would be through um, serving. You know, meeting needs and, and praying for them, like we already talked about, maybe through giving financially, There's several ministries in town outside of us that we've given to financially to bless the work they're doing. Sometimes it's joining and partnering together with other churches or ministries to do certain things. My favorite is times doing prayer and worship together with other believers. Just so fun. So here we go. In short, <laughs> we need to be filled with honor toward the whole body of Christ. So here's my invitation to us, Antioch Community Church. No matter where you are and where you feel like this personally hits you, let's all collectively just take it up a notch in the way that we honor the body of Christ. Amen? Because uh, I hear, you know, I hear things, and half of you came from other churches in town, all right? It's kind of the nature of an early young church, how it works. Okay, but let's, let's take it up a notch. Let's hold each other accountable, okay, by the way that we speak about the body of Christ, the church. Amen? All right, so here's how we're going to close. Um, band, you good and come on up. Um, if you guys have a journal, um, go ahead and pull that out. Some of you already have it. Uh, if not, you can go, if you want to, you can go to your notes app um, on your phone. But what I'm going to do to close this portion out is put up a couple kind of reflection or journal questions just to be thinking about. And this is just between you and the Lord. So stay in your seat. This is between you and the Lord. I want you to think about a couple of these things and just be honest with God, honest with where you're at. There's a couple prompts up there as well, of kind of what to do during this time, and the band will just be playing just instrumentally, and just want you guys to kind of have a little moment of reflection, and kind of prayer time, um, just you and the Lord, and then after this, I'll come back up, and we will work that muscle of praying for God's favor and blessing over the Church of Northwest Arkansas, okay, so that will, um, that will stay up there on the screen, you guys can uh, take your time to seek God on this stuff. Let me pray for us. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to bring things up, bring things to our mind. I want the Lord to do some business with us here in our hearts. So, Lord, we just open up to you right now. We ask you for grace to receive whatever you want us to receive through this time. Bring things to our memory. And, Lord, just mark us this morning as those that love your church, love the body of Christ. In Jesus' name. So take a few minutes talk to the lord about this stuff on the screen thank you lord god we thank you for what you're doing in us let's pray any healing that any of us need in this room lord we just ask you for it heal us heal our hearts but any way that we need to turn and repent or change our hearts lord give us grace and help us move forward today with honor in our hearts and our lips and our actions toward every believer in this region every believer all over this nation and around the world Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Hey, let's stand to our feet. All right, guys, we've got about 10 minutes left, and we're going to work that muscle of blessing the body of Christ with our words by praying for the church. Literally, there are thousands of people in northwest Arkansas right now that are gathering and worshiping in different places all over this region, and man, it would be awesome if God just visits them in powerful and tangible ways. People get saved today at these churches because we're praying for them. People get healed and restored. Wouldn't that be amazing? It'd be so amazing. And so, I, again, I texted just a handful, I think five uh, churches we're going to pray for this morning, just pastors that I've interacted with or know a little bit, and um, and yeah, we're just going to go one at a time, and the way to work is, um, well, I'll show you the prayer request of, another, of a church in town. And then we'll read it real quick together. And then what you'll do is you'll turn to two or three people next to you. And you'll literally just take turns praying simple 10, 15 second prayers. If you want, you can just read straight from the screen. Lord, I pray for this, this, this. You know, that's fine. Some of you are great at praying. You love these settings. Some of you, this is, you know, a little intimidating. Wherever you're at, that's fine. But we're just going to pray for God's blessing over his church. All right. So first one we're going to pray for is Cross Church. And texted the pastor this week. And here's what he asks. Pray for us to continue to be faithful to each person and to disciple those God is sending our way. So we're going to pray for a grace to disciple and raise up amazing men and women of God at Cross Church. All right? So go ahead right now. Turn to two or three people next to you. Obviously, if you don't know each other, shake a hand. Say, hi, this is my name. All right. Go ahead and do that. All right. And then decide who's praying first and just go ahead and take turns. Start praying. Pray for Cross Church. Father, we thank you so much for what you're doing at Cross Church. We pray your blessing over them in the name of Jesus. Give them grace to be faithful to every person you send their way, where they make disciples that love you, Lord, with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. God, we thank you for discipleship movement spreading. Give wisdom to the leadership team and how to disciple their members well. We bless Cross Church this morning in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen, amen. All right, we're going to pray for another church uh, called Emmanuel Baptist Church. I believe it's next. All right, small little uh, church in Springdale, right across from the Springdale Library. But I Met with that pastor several months back. Amazing guy. So here's what we're praying for. They'd have wisdom to steward the, their resources. Uh, that they would have wise co-elders to help shepherd the church in the days ahead. And they'd be diligent. There it is, discipleship again. To disciple new believers and care for one another well. So stay in your groups, maybe pick somebody else to start this one, especially if somebody in your group didn't get to pray yet, if you guys feel comfortable doing it. So just pick somebody else to start and pray through these prayer points. We'll go for another 30 seconds to a minute, then I'll close this one out. Ready? Let's pray for Emmanuel Baptist Church. Yes, God, we thank you for what you're doing in the Manuel Baptist Church. We bless them today. Give them so much favor and anointing of your spirit over the work that you've called them to. We thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. This is fun, guys. We've got a few more churches. Let's keep praying. Next one up, we've got, uh, I believe, go ahead and put the next one up. Fellowship Fayetteville. So the first one is kind of a phrase from the series they're in right now, that they'd be people that practice the way of faithful presence. Also, they're doing some planning for this year, so pray for wisdom on all those decisions. And then next, pray that um, just their global partnerships, God would lead them and guide them. And then pray for their staff as well. Stay focused on Jesus and his word as their source of joy and ministry. I love that, ministry motivation. All right, so we're going to pray together right now for Fellowship Faithful. Ready? Go for it. Stay in your group. Take turns praying these things over Fellowship Fayetteville. Go for it. Yes, God, we bless our brothers and sisters over at Fellowship Fayetteville. Thank you for what you've given them. I pray right now for grace to steward well what you have placed in their hands. Would they raise up amazing disciples of you? They have amazing clarity on decisions they're making this year. Speak to them by your spirit, Lord, and bless the work of their hand. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen. Amen. This is awesome. Way to go, guys. Two more churches, all right? Next up is New Heights. So we're going to pray for a couple things here. One, just for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit or a great awakening that they're seeing in their body and on campus. They're also renovating their prayer room and trying to get that reopened. And look at this last one. I love this because I asked a pastor, how can I pray for your church? And what comes out of his heart is I want you to pray for another church. So he said, pray for the Christians leaving Central United Methodist Church. Some of you are familiar, kind of nationally, the Methodist church has been going through quite a bit of stuff in the last couple years. And locally here, a prominent Methodist church is going through a pretty hard situation. A lot of people leaving, but we're going to pray blessing over the believers that are transitioning out. That God would lead and guide their steps, would heal their hearts, would minister to them, and guide them on their journey of following Jesus. Okay? So go ahead, stay in your groups. we got this church and one more, so pray over New Heights. Pray over Central United Methodist Right now, pray in faith. Let's believe for breakthrough. Go for it. Yes, Jesus, we thank you for the work of your spirit at New Heights Church. Lord, we pray your favor and blessing over them. Would your tangible presence show up in their midst. Would you pour out your spirit and bless the work of their hand. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen, amen. All right, guys, one more church we're going to pray for. That's Vertical Community Church, just right around the corner on uh, college. They're praying for repentance and a passion for the Lord and a return to the Lord in our church and all over Northwest Arkansas. I love this last prayer point. We're just praying for an outpouring of God's spirit all over this land that this church would experience it, but also all over Northwest Arkansas. All right, so agree together. And after I close this one out, the band's going to lead us in just a song to close out the service. Ready? Let's go for it. Pray for Vertical Community Church. Ready, go. Lord, we pray for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit over Vertical Community Church, one that leads to repentance and conviction of sin a renewed passion and hunger for you and people's hearts turning to you. Do it in this church body. Lord, do it all over northwest Arkansas. Lord, we pray for now to be a time for the Spirit of God to be poured out over this land, for souls to be saved, for lives to be transformed, for you to get your glory, for you to get honor in this place like never before. God, we thank you. Let your church come alive in this hour. Would your church be strong, be unified, be healthy in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Give somebody next to you a high five and say, That was good prayer time right there. Come on. Way to go, guys. We did that for just a few minutes, but that was so valuable and so worth it. So thanks. I'm going to have the band close it out with a song, and then we'll be finished with our service. Let's sing this out, asking for God to keep moving in Northwest Arkansas.